0: got your Bibles open to John chapter 15, John chapter 15, we're going to kind of continue in the, on the, in the vein of, of um, the I am's, Jesus said, I am the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the resurrection and the life, I'm the way, the truth and the life, and we're just going to kind of continue on that, it's kind of redundant I feel like. To some degree, so I hope you don't get bored to tears. But I say that because what Jesus is doing, basically, seven different ways, he's saying the same thing. You know, he's basically just saying, "I'm going to give you seven different ways in John that I'm going to help realign who you are," Amen. and uh, and and obviously, he wanted us to get it. So why don't you turn to the person to the left and the right and says you're going to get it today because this is the last day. This is your last chance to get it right here. You're going to get it today. <laughs> if You don't get it today. <laughs> so let's just start by reading it. You ready? I love the way he starts and I look at every translation I can find and I begin to look at the Greek at this. It's an, it's an amazing thought. He said, I am the true vine. He didn't just say, I am the vine. He says, I'm the true vine. Yeah. That, has, that has, a, uh, has an idea that I'm not the counterfeit. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the one that's watered down. I'm the, I'm the actual thing that can get her done. <laughs> I'm the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that, that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Say more fruit. More fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Why are you clean? Because of the word. Abide in me and, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Let's say that. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Great passage of Scripture. One of the things, the takeaways that I have in this, more than anything else, it's God's will for your life is that you bear fruit. And, and, it, and it's saying in this passage of Scripture that the, the, the fruit is actually you representing God. It is, it is you being transformed into the image of Christ. is Christ, the visible image of the invisible God, being poured into us so that we can be little Christs. And it says that he gets glory when you actually act right. When you do right, he gets glorified because it looks like him. And he said, This is my will, that you bear much fruit, that you look a lot like me as a believer. And so there are three things that we can take away from this passage of scripture. The first one is that the branch, the vine, actually is what brings life. Secondly, It's the word that is the branch and it's eternal. It has been forever. And so if we begin to pray and speak the word over ourselves, over our lives, that actually has the ability to bring abundance. That is the thing that brings abundance. And so we have to, Live in the vine, abide in the vine, have intimate relationship with Jesus, be transformed into that, remember what he says, and then because we do what he says, then God gets glory and we bear abundant fruit. And so the branch brings life. In John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, it says it like this. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, if you stay connected to the vine, if you build your life on the sure foundation of the word of God, you you continue in the faith, you stay stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, the good news of Jesus and everything he did that you heard from the beginning, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and in which I, Paul, became a minister. If you stay there stable, you're going to produce fruit. In Romans chapter 10, verse 16, it ends up quoting the Old Testament, but he says this, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Everybody got the report. Some believed it. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound goes out all over the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. They've heard it, but not everybody responds to it. So the the truth is not a matter of whether we hear the word of God or not. It's whether we actually respond to the word of God. And that brings life. The word has, is the thing that brings life. Have you ever seen an unbeliever that had some semblance of Christian values? And a great way is to, a great thing to look at, you know, God talks about money more than he talks about heaven in scripture. There are people, I know people hate for pastors to talk about money in church, but that's just too bad because God talks about money in scripture more than he talks about heaven. And the reason being is because there's so much you can learn about money and it can grab your heart you know and there are principles in money that we see that that just work because God designed the economy how many know that we didn't invent the economy we actually understand economic principles and if we'll adhere to them it actually will work because God designed it to work he's the designer of all economics And so if we adhere to that, it doesn't matter whether we believe in him or not. Because the word, the way he established it from the foundation of the world, it works. So if you'll do the word, whether you're a believer or not, it will bear fruit. Now, you're not going to be able to accomplish a lot of things that the word says do without grace without the power of God working in your circumstances that does more than you can do on your own. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody, well, how do I know whether they're a believer or unbeliever? Well, you know, you can't do some things without grace. It's, It's the power of God. Some are economic, but others are, it takes God in you to actually get them done because you live in the flesh. And so he's saying, man, there's people that have heard the word, but everybody's not adhering to it. And we know that the word is the thing that actually gets the fruit produced so that God gets the glory. So in John 15, 7 and 8, it says this. If you abide in me, intimate relationship, connected, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let me give you a couple of things that are important here. If you're abiding in God... And, and you're living in him and his words live in you, you don't have to worry about what you're praying because you're going to pray what he's saying because the word's in you. In other words, you ain't got to be worrying about being selfish. You won't be if you're really abiding in Christ. You're going to, you're going to want to pray what God wants you to pray. Does that make sense? And so you're just not praying selfishly and God is Santa Claus giving you whatever you ask. What you're actually doing is abiding in him, allowing the Holy Spirit to give you the words of Christ. And when you have those, you can pray those. And when you pray those, he'll do those. It's this big, it's this big thing that he's saying here. It, it, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. And my Father is glorified that way that you bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. God wants you successful. Again, he wants you to prosper in glorifying him. He wants you to prosper in his nature and his character and everything about who you are. He wants it to look like him. And so the branch is the thing that brings life through the word. But what we have to understand is, is that was established a long time ago. It's not like, it's not like that Jesus has this new thing. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to worry about him contradicting himself. He didn't get saved in the New Testament. Well, God was a judging God in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, he got saved and he's nice and merciful. But we present that in the pulpits all over the place. Is this somehow God got? His character changed. His nature changed. He didn't change. He had this desire all along. He was trying to reveal his character and nature from the beginning. From the moment that Adam and Eve fell, his whole idea was redemption and reconciliation of mankind. Everything he did was geared around revealing who he was. And so his word He's eternal. It has always been, you're never going to change it. He's never going to change his nature and his character. John 1, 1 through 5. It just starts off the whole book of John as he, before he goes through all the I am's, he says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him. Say that. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Nothing. Say nothing. Nothing. Any system that you want to discover on earth was created by God. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never win. It can never win. It will never, ever win. And so the word is eternal. So we need to learn to pray and speak the word. Because if we pray and speak the word, that brings abundance. In John fifteen eleven, it says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You know, if you don't find yourself full of joy, most likely it's because you haven't really believed the report. Somehow there's a disconnect. Because God is good. God takes everything that the devil tries to mess with you with And he says he turns it into good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, who are in the vine. For those who are in the vine, he'll take that evil and he'll make something good come of it. Because his will is to bear fruit so that he can be glorified, so that people will say about you and me that they are one with Christ and I can see something different about them and I want what they've got. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And God's saying here, if you'll do this word, if you'll abide in it, if you'll believe the report, man, joy is gonna come. There's gonna be the fruit of joy. It's gonna come strong. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, it says this, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. Say it with me. He will have. And Now, Jesus said this. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. There's a principle in Scripture about this. That if you'll abide in me and my word abide in you, and if you believe the report and you begin to do the report, then I'm going to bring abundance. And that's the thing that actually has the ability to bring joy. And I want you to live in success and that oneness with me that your joy is going to be full. You're going to be overflowing with joy. Joy that can only come from me. See, joy is one of the things that Galatian mentions as a fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5. Love, joy, peace. Let's just take the first three. All those can't happen in our own strength. You cannot and do not have the ability to produce joy on your own. You can be happy, but you can't produce godly joy. Only grace can. Only this abiding in Jesus has the ability to produce joy. Only the word of God being flushed out in who you are. And so I've got a warning today. The message is kind of short because we're baptizing people in the second service. And so I'm almost finished. Somebody say no. (laughs) But there are really three things that I really want you to grab a hold of. There is and there always has been uh, really three enemies of Jesus. The first one is the culture. The second one is the church. And the third one is the enemy, the enemy of your soul, the thief, the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy in John 10. 10. So there's three things, the culture. Now, I just want to talk about the culture. We live in a in a rough culture environment. I mean, it's, 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 really, it's really rough. Probably never seen anything like what we're experiencing right now, but in Jesus' day, even he said, "Listen," he says, "The Antichrist is coming." But I even tell you the truth: the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. Antichrist, anti-word, because he was flesh and dwelt among us. He was before time began. It's anti-word. It's anti-Messiah. It's anti-redemption. It's anti relationship with God. And right now, in our culture, it's amazingly difficult. I think it's going to get even more difficult in the future to maintain biblical Christian values, a biblical Christian value system. Let me give you an example. This week I read about Chick-fil-A. How many heard, or read, heard the story about San Antonio and Chick-fil-A? The city of San Antonio wants to keep Chick-fil-A out of the airport. And the reason they don't want them to be able to open a, a store in the airport is because they gave $1.5 million to FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes mission statement, it says that we believe marriage is between one man and one woman. And so Chick-fil-A gives $1.5 million, and San Antonio City Council is trying to say you can't open a store. Now, let me just give you how twisted this really is. It's really twisted because what they're standing on is that people need to make their be able to make their own opinion and their own value system and do what they want. And so, and so because you say a man and a woman are the only ones that get married, we're not going to let you open a store. Well, wait a minute. I thought you just said that it's important that we be able to make our own decisions about what we believe instead. Well, you did. But you got to believe what I believe before you can open a store at San Antonio Airport. I mean, it's just messed up. I don't care which side of the pole you stand on. It, it's messed up. And it's confusing. You go, wait a minute, I... Huh, huh. It's almost like you're manic. (laughs) You don't know what to do. You know, you go, wow, what is going on? What is going on? And so culture is going to continually come at you. Let me give you another (laughs) example. The church. I, I just happened to research this group of people this friends of mine, and I was looking up, you know, we... Won't, maybe won't support them and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, the best we could honor them in their ministry, what they're doing. They, it's called the ARC, Association of Related Churches, and they started about 100 churches a year. And i just researching, you know, a little bit about them. I know I was in the beginning, helped start the thing. So I, I know these people. I went online. Oh, my gosh. You'd have thought they were murderers. The church was destroying all these people. If you go look at T.D. Jakes, look him up. There are people online and from the church that try to just wear him out as if he's some kind of antichrist. I don't understand what the church is trying to do to the church. But it is just nasty and it's angry and it's ugly. And it doesn't look like God at all. And it's all in the name of the word right? And there's this big, big disconnect. Let me give you another disconnect. I was reminded this week, I wrote by when when they, we first moved here. By the way, this is our 10-year anniversary this Sunday. Golly. Time flies by. And I was remembering, Nathan was 10 years old when we came here. And I got involved with this football program that was in Concord. And I remember one of the guys that was kind of, kind of, you know, involved with that. And I Got to talking to him one day, and he said, yeah, man, I mean, the Lord has really blessed me, you know. I hadn't made a mortgage payment in 18 months, and we still get to live here. I went, golly, we just messed that up. (laughs) The Lord blessed you. The Lord is going to judge you here in a minute. You better make a mortgage payment because he said, if you don't pay your debtors, and they're going to throw you in prison. So it might be good to align yourself with the word. I don't know, but I'm thinking that might be good. And don't be giving God credit for something you doing on your own. But you hear it all the time. I hear it about ministry all the time and brokenness in churches. You you hear it and see it all the time. Somebody feels really heavily called, and the church doesn't acknowledge it. And there's offense, and there's brokenness that happens. And Satan comes in and brings division, and people leave and do or do something crazy. And you go, oh my goodness, you've put something on yourself that God didn't put on you, and you're doing it in the name of the kingdom, and it's bringing division and the pain to the church and. And it really is destructive. And God is saying to us, attach yourself to me. Yeah. Know who I am, know my character, know my word. He, he, he says this. He says, if you've got a gift, I'll raise that thing up. You humble yourself. Yeah. You humble yourself. You walk and watch me raise up that thing in you. I've always, I've always told our staff, you know, if the Lord calls us to do something, we can think the Lord calls us to do something. But if he didn't bring provision, he didn't call us. Or you're walking on your own. I mean, you've got to work hard. You've got you to plug away. But God brings provision. When he calls, he brings provision. He did it with Israel. <laughs> I mean, they got the booty from Egypt. More than they could ever imagine. Egypt gave them tons of money to leave. What a crazy thought. Here's a bunch of money. Get out of here. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. God does it all the time, but the church messes it up because we don't align with his word really. We want to define what we think the word. Let me give you another example. This is killing me. This, I think this is something the Lord really wants to say. I love the Civil War. When I say that, I mean I love studying it. There was a lot of, a lot of bad stuff that happened in the Civil War. Thank you, JP. I appreciate you keeping me straight. <laughs> but, and some of you Southerners are going to get mad at me, but the North wanted to fight this, that fight because they believed that all men were created in the image of God. And what Southerners tried to do was to, to somehow say that a slave wasn't a man. If you'll read all the history in it, it's crazy what happens. Now, when we look at who seceded from the Union, that's called the Bible Belt. Y'all track it with me? In the name of the Lord, we're going to do this thing right here because we want to make it up our own way. We don't like everything that it's saying, so we're going to create this idealism on our own. And God says, no, he he doesn't have any part of that in any type of history. If we want to see revival, we're going to have to line up with the word the church does. So the culture is fighting us, the church is fighting us, and the enemy is fighting us. You know, Satan does have one-third of the angelic host that followed him. Satan probably ain't messing with you because you're probably not important enough. But he's got a third of the angelic forces that can mess with you. Right? He's not omnipresent. He can't be but one place at one time. He's an angel. Now, he probably knows more about us than we know about ourselves. But he's always attacking. And how is he going to attack you? he's going to attack you with the Word of God because he knows it better than you do. And he's going to just twist it. Do you know, he, the one who wrote the Word, who created the Word, who is the Word, who was the Word, who nothing was created except by him, he tried to mess him up with his own Word. So why wouldn't he do it with you? he's going to take the word and try to twist it and get you to think a way that's outside the vine. That's why Jesus says, I'm the true vine. There's others counterfeits, but I'm the way. You've got to align yourself with me. Not because it makes you feel good, but because it's righteous. So the enemy is going to come and try to mess you up. And so, in Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 13 says this, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, Stand, stand therefore, having girded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, what's right, having shod your feet with the true gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith so that you can quench, you are be able to quench all, all, circle all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There, there is an attack that's going to happen and that it is happening culturally in the church and with the enemy and basically it's trying to erode two foundational things. It wants, to, it wants you to believe that there is no creation and it wants you to believe that the word of God is not reliable. And if it can erode those two foundational pillars in your life, it takes the teeth out of christianity christianity has nothing to stand on if there is no creation and the word of god is not reliable so you better know the word you better know it well it better be valuable to you you better make sure that you're you're reading it for the purpose in which it was written You better make sure you're not trying to make yourself feel good by reading it in a way that lines up with your ideology. You better make sure you read it and change your ideology because he is the true vine. And his father is the vine dresser. Everything that's dead, that's not alive in him, he cuts off. Everything that produces fruit, he prunes so that it can produce, produce fruit abundantly. I want to I see the glory of the Lord, don't you? And so I have to align myself with this word. I have to know it. And so the challenge this morning for us, do you know the word? Are you dedicated to learning the word of God? Is it something that you value? When you hear all this stuff out there in media land, and culture land, Are you aligning it with the Word? Are you allowing it to change how you think about the Word? Is it getting your heart? Are you shifting? Do you find yourself shifting? Are you doing like what we read in Colossians where you're standing firm on the Word of God? Because society is going to change. It's going to ebb and flow. It's going to move. But the Word of God, it never changes. Jesus Christ it's the same yesterday and forever. Amen? You can count on that. Take that to the bank. Amen? Let's stand for closing prayer. Somebody say no way. It's only 10.06. <laughs> uh, is that good? Man, to me, that's just, man, that's just, it's so simple, but it's so hard because you actually have to change something that you're doing. You can't keep doing what you've always done and expect to get the Word of God in you. And you can't expect to know who's telling the truth and who's not about the Word of God unless you study it yourself. We've got Thrive groups that meet every week. They help you with that. They, they are the things that we've got designed that can really get into small groups. We, I mean, uh, to Bible study. We've got 244 of you in Thrive groups, we know. Uh, hopefully, that's going to grow. So if you want to get connected to them, that's, that would be great. Father, Jesus, we know this is true. And we can leave today, and we can say, man, what a good message, Pastor, preached. Wasn't that the truth? Man, that am just so good. I'm so glad I came, man. Music was really good. Did you hear that girl sing? Oh, my goodness. She sang like a bird. The peace of God was there. The presence of God was there. And nothing ever changed. They heard the report. They just didn't believe it. Are you going to believe the report? Are you going to believe the word? Are you going to let it change your life? Are you going to let it bear fruit? Because you know God wants it to bear fruit. And then he wants it to bear more and more and more. As you understand it. As you grow. And as you do it. Father I just pray right now. That you change this preacher's heart. I pray God for revelation. God that I would understand your word better and better. Father, I pray that I'd have clear vision. I pray that I'd have ears that could actually hear your word and hear your voice. I pray, God, that I would have sobriety in the fact that I could actually look at my hearts, the eye of my heart or the thoughts of my heart or the intent of my heart, God, and recognize, Lord, when it was not righteous. When it didn't align with your word, I pray for sensitivity in that father I know that it is your will that I bear fruit that I bring glory to your name and father that's what you want I mean you <laughs> father I just gotta I gotta get it in my mind God that you're on my side that you're for me and if you're for me who can be against me that darkness can't win as long as I'm aligning myself with light and so Lord as I go through this week as as we move forward from day to day is We try to navigate this world system that we live in and this political system we live in and this media system we live in and this culture we live in at work and whatever. God, I pray that we're just able to produce an atmosphere and a culture in our homes that looks like kingdom. And that because we do that, God, that we can begin to bear fruit there. And then we can go into the world, into the workplace, and into the voting booth, and maybe into our prayer closet to change a nation and change a culture. Because that's what you do. You use the church to change a culture. So Lord, we recognize that you're the true vine. And we recognize that your will for me to live abundantly bringing you glory we thank you for that we pray in jesus name anybody said amen